This season of Well Undone is brought to you by Perennial Plants. Born out of a lifelong love affair with houseplants, Hattie founded Perennial Plants to share this love beyond just her own living room with homes across the country. As someone with an appalling track record of keeping houseplants alive, I can proudly say that, truly living up to their name, my own perennial plants are still thriving over five months in. A true testament to the care with which they were brought into the world. Along with a collection of unique, handcrafted, locally sourced pots, which, might I add, are not available at your usual plant shops, you can view the full houseplant range at www.perennialplants.shop and on Instagram using the handle perennialplantshop. Thank you to perennial plants. Welcome to Well Undone with Lydia Allaby, the podcast where we discuss body image, mental health and everything in between. I'm your host, Lydia Allaby, and each week we will hear from a new interviewee about their personal experience of, quite literally, living in their own skin. Because once we understand that we are not alone in experiencing the damaging impact of wellness and art culture, we can begin to undo it. Our guest this week is Cammie Down. Having first started out life in Gloucestershire, Cammie is now a recently turned 30 lawyer in London, who I had the joy of first meeting a number of years ago through one of our mutual best friends. I still vividly remember the day I first met Cammie, where I thought I might have just met one of the coolest people of all time. Rendezvousing at a bridal boutique in West London, trying on bridesmaids' dresses for what ended up being one of the most outrageous weddings of the decade, I can remember her in a top-to-toe white jumpsuit, blonde hair swishing, sunglasses at the ready, thinking, my God, this woman is so together. Fast forward a few years, and I came to learn that Cammie is so together, but in so much more of a beautiful and inspiring way than I had imagined on that day. When I was struggling through the thick of my own body image challenges, I spotted that Cammie was following a brilliant intuitive eating advocate on Instagram and immediately clocked that Cammie and I might have more in common than just a best friend. The discussions I've had with Cammie since then have been truly eye-opening, raw and heartwarming and I'm so excited to have Cammie on the podcast this week. Cammie, welcome to Well Undone. Thank you so much. I'm taken aback by the just loveliness of that intro so thank you so much Liz. Are you also slightly disturbed that I still remember what you wore? Um, No I'm not. Um, I'm very flattered you thought I was cool. I'm fundamentally not cool Um, but thank you that's so great to have a mega fan in you. (laughs) Well Cammie that (laughs) is what friends are for. Uh, why don't we go right back to the beginning, the beginning of your story and the relationship you've had with your body, um, with exercise from the beginning? Totally. So yeah, I really did. I wanted to talk about my own personal journey with this because I don't think that we talk about our own stories enough and our own struggles. And so trying very much to normalize talking about our struggles with our body. And so I think it's important that I also feel that I can share my own story and struggle with it. And so I went to boarding school when I was 13 years old. And when I first got there, age 13, and I was carrying quite a lot of weight. And it was the first time in my life that it actually mattered. And suddenly I noticed that my body was bigger than normal, bigger than my friends. And it was a problem and I was suddenly seen much more as the size of my body rather than who I was as a person and I'd always been a confident outgoing person and suddenly I was launched into this environment where that came secondary or certainly how I perceived it to be it came secondary to the size of my body and so the school I went to was it was a very intense atmosphere especially between girls there was a huge expectation that you should be thin sort of boy-girl ratio was about 70 to 30 so a lot more boys than girls and looking back on it now it was just toxic masculinity everywhere just at its most potent and girls were just constantly objectified you're expected to go along with banter with the lads all the time and the weird thing is that you were okay with it that was just the environment and you're very accepting when you're at that age and you just want to fit in and so I didn't really have any understanding of how unhealthy that environment was especially for the girls meal times especially because it's a boarding school meal times are the social occasions of the day and you go breakfast lunch and dinner in the dining hall and everyone knew what every girl was eating and 
I very, very quickly lost a lot of weight, but in such an unhealthy and appalling way. I was eating an apple a day. I lost a lot of weight. But that process just completely destroyed my relationship with food and realized that even once you lose all the weight, you still have to maintain that weight and you still are always trying to be thinner, trying to be more attractive, quote unquote. And it was it was really toxic. And I wasn't alone in this. A lot of us at school, we all struggled with our weight. And even within our boarding house, we had single sex boarding houses and we would get weighed in the boarding house and we would be told that we need to go and sign in for meals and, you know, you'll make sure you go to breakfast and make sure you go to tea and you'd have to sign in with the prefect. And that in itself was quite embarrassing. But there was never a conversation started by the people who were caring for us, any of the staff, any of the school about actually... Are you all okay? There's no discussion about actually our self-confidence or just why we felt the need to essentially just starve ourselves on a day-to-day basis and be fixated about who just had a bowl of peas or who actually had some pieces of pasta in with their peas at dinner. And it was just, it was so, so unhealthy. Was this something that you would talk about amongst your peers or is it almost an unspoken expectation that that is just what you did? It was unspoken. I mean, every so often we'd say, oh, you know, well, I really want to lose weight, et cetera, et cetera. But we never, ever unpacked it. We never talked about it in a meaningful way. And we were all just aware by that time that our bodies were the metric by which we were measured. And if you're thin, you're hot. And if you're hot, you're someone. And it's it's a very depressing outlook on how, I suppose, the social environment of the school worked and when I look back on it now it's clear that I don't think we fully had an understanding of it I don't think we were able to fully talk to each other about it because it's almost well certainly when I think back on it for myself I don't think I had completely come to terms with the fact that that was going on but I definitely I lost all understanding at that time that I really had anything else to offer other than the size of my body and that's such a depressing outlook for a teenage girl and especially when I was lucky enough to go to a school where I was given all of this opportunity I've always been fairly intelligent and I turned up at that school with the top academic scholarship and I just didn't care and wouldn't talk about it all that mattered would be that I was thin enough to fit in I should have tried harder in class I didn't you know all this kind of stuff where actually it's such a waste when you look back on it, this sort of waste of these opportunities, because you're just, all you're really aspiring to do is to be thin. Another thing you get at these kind of schools is huge access to facilities and sporting facilities. And we did sport or games, as it was called, three to four times a week. But if you were bad at hockey or netball or tennis, which were the sports, then you were just written off and There was no effort by the school to really maintain more than sort of two good teams of hockey teams or netball teams or whatever. And if you weren't in those teams, then you just went to games and you were kind of like an afterthought. You weren't trained properly. There was no prospect of you being trained to improve, to threaten the people in the other teams. You were just sent off to the grass pitches, which was honestly, that was a humiliation in itself, the politics of it all. But um, so you were sent off to the grass pitches for hockey and, and you just hated it and you dreaded games and you were still made to do exercise and that kind of thing, but you didn't enjoy it. And so exercise just became a way of helping me on my ever long quest to be thin, to be thinner, even though I was already thin, to be thinner. And it also gave me a very unhealthy relationship with exercise. And even when I got to GCSE year and you're eventually at last allowed to quit netball and do gym. So you go to this gym where there's all this amazing equipment and they'd say, I'll do 10 minutes on that, 3K on that, three lots of 10 reps on that, and then you can go. And it was just, you were given a sort of number of tasks to complete. There was no education about what these different pieces of equipment do, how they can help you, how they can help you achieve goals. There was no goal setting. It was just a case of go in, do my 3k on the treadmill, do my 3k on the cross trainer, do some weights very half-heartedly, probably with appalling technique, actually quite dangerous. And then off you went and you were free to go and go about the rest of your afternoon. And so I just, I, I never developed any kind of idea of my body being anything other than a social metric and exercise ever being anything other than a means to an end. 
it just it created all these very bad habits within me and so I just I struggled I struggled from the very first day really that I was there and because I'm naturally that little bit bigger than my very tiny best friends it was never enough for me and I just hated myself for it and I felt like such a failure I felt less than every other girl even though I look back and I really wasn't I wasn't and I was still extremely slim I just wasn't tiny tiny because I'm just not built that way I'm not built the same but I was unable to appreciate or understand any part of my body for being itself because it wasn't the same as the smallest and I think this constant aspiration to always not just be slim but to be noticeably slim and it builds and builds into this awful compulsion to constantly try to be quote-unquote self-improving and then when you don't reach extreme goals which you perceive to be actually quite normal goals that you then descend into this spiral where you judge yourself and you don't think that you've achieved and you've somehow failed. Just on the school point was there an element of competitiveness of being the skinniest or was it not even that thought through was it just obviously we're all aspiring to this no questions asked that's what we'll do? I think there was definitely a competitiveness an unspoken competitiveness to be thin but then there were a few girls who succumbed to awful eating disorders and that was you felt sorry for them and awful for their the way they were suffering but you also said oh well you know I'm fine I'd never get that far even though we didn't all have eating disorders that would be an exaggeration but we all had disordered eating and we all had unhealthy relationships with food I say all like nearly all of us I don't want to speak for absolutely every person but it was it was so unhealthy and I think there was just this competitiveness and when there's very few girls there's just a narrower range of people to compare yourself against anyway but when you all have exactly the same beauty standard then it becomes even narrower and just this idea that you somehow wouldn't fit in into this very narrow look that we all had it just wasn't fathomable you just had to and that's certainly how I felt you just you just had to and you just had to be slim enough because otherwise you you couldn't get along in any meaningful way and that kind of thinking and going to school in that very narrow beauty standard when I left school and I realized that actually that's not how the world is it was just like a revelation to me so I started waitressing in my gap year and then I also went on to uni and that was the first time that I realized that I actually objectively wasn't fat and ugly I still felt that I was but I knew that other people didn't think that that they perceived me as slim and that they didn't perceive me as ugly and that was just oh I was shook it was just such a shock to me I just I had no idea and it made me realize that there was a sort of serious disconnect but I also hated myself and I also couldn't kick that mental voice and those bad habits and just constantly comparing myself to others and hating the differences that I saw and I suppose looking back it's it's a crippling lack of body confidence and that I just never learned to appreciate my body and that had never done anything for me other than lose weight in my eyes and so I was still battling with it even when I'd come to this realization that things weren't as bleak as I perhaps thought at school and so I just I continued to struggle with it through uni I got into the gym for a while before I let it slide in my third year I did quite a demanding course at uni and I worked really hard in my third year because I hadn't worked that hard in my first two years and I was so determined to get a first and so I really started just I studied a lot harder and I knew that I had to pull some serious grades out of the bag in third year to get my first overall and around this time in third year my relationship which had lasted for most of uni had started to fall apart and my now fiance burst onto the scene which maybe wasn't the best timing and let's just leave it at that but I started to try and sort of take control of things more and I found myself without even really realizing it in this spiraling situation where I was aggressively controlling my food and then going running and my weight just plummeted over that year and I was doing sort of long runs every day then I'd eat a courgette for lunch and some vegetables for supper and if I was really really hungry I could have a square of white chocolate and or a rich tea biscuit love a rich tea biscuit and I thought that 
if I could be thin, then everything else would fall into place. Because in my mind, that was just how you achieve stuff in life. You get thin and then things will come to you. And so I was working really hard and my life was just imploding around me. And I was just so thin and I was so miserable. And I just, I have this vivid memory towards the end of third year of standing in front of my bedroom mirror. And I suddenly realized like, holy shit, I'm thin, like I am thin, but I didn't have the euphoria that I'd expected to feel in that moment. I just continued to feel the sort of crushing anxiety, which was just my life at that time. I was worried about the boyfriend situation, which just felt completely out of control. And I just couldn't talk about any of it to anyone. And I just, I felt like a failure on so many counts. I've always been someone who's supposed to have it together so I just closed myself off and I I lived in a house full of nine glorious girls that year and I loved it and I love them so much and they're still my dear dear friends I just wouldn't talk to them at all about how I was screaming inside on just everything and so I just ran away the pain of all my hunger which I was just starving all the time and I would just keep running and running and my runs were getting faster and faster and there's no way that I could ever say when I looked in that mirror and realized how skinny I was that I was happy even though you know at that point it had been my goal for sort of eight years and it's just I suppose it was quite a turning point in my life when I look back on it but at the time you just continue to feel really hopeless about it all but eventually I went home that summer at the end of uni and my mum just gently fed me back up to a sort of normal weight. Like, there's no way that I could maintain that kind of weight under her supervision. She's a feeder, always has been. The fridge is always stocked. And so after uni, I went on to law school. The obsessive calorie counting and guilt exercising continued. Only when I started working at a law firm that I actually started to work on my relationship with exercise and by extension, it impacted my body for the first time in a bit more of a positive way. And what was it that triggered that? I think what it partly was is that sort of fitting in with all my fear of putting on weight, the sedentary lifestyle of working at a law firm did scare me back into the gym because I knew I'm sat at the desk all the time therefore I must exercise that's what you do right that's the right thing that's what everyone does and so I went back to the gym and I started to take a bit more of an active interest in what I was actually doing at the gym rather than just slugging it out on whatever piece of machinery you do and that's when I sort of fell into weight training and I realized that I actually really loved it and For the first time, I started to see results in my exercise that weren't weight related. And I was seeing that my body was stronger and more capable. And I carry a lot of my weight in my legs. It's just how I'm made. It used to just be a source of almost intolerable shame. I'm still very self-conscious about them. I have to buy wide leg boots and wide leg wellies and that kind of thing. They're just built a bit bigger than average, I would say, and would never even bother trying to buy something like cigarette pants or something. Like no size will ever fit my hips and my legs at the same time. I can't explain the energy and shame that I have expended on my legs over the years. The amount of times I've broken down in shop changing rooms just trying to buy a pair of trousers that actually fit and all of that kind of thing and I I won't buy those kind of trousers I'm just going to buy wide leg trousers the rest of my life find small solutions to big problems but once I started weight training suddenly my legs were stronger and muscly and I was actually really proud of what they could achieve and that was such a game changer for me because I was starting to set myself goals in the gym which weren't about weight and weren't about calories they were about progressive overload and all the kind of things that you do with weight training and actually just wanting to improve for something other than the size of my body and I mean weights did change the shape of my body but it wasn't just shrinking and unshrinking through my relentless yo-yo dieting and it was so refreshing to see my body change in a way which wasn't just oh I'm bony here or I'm not as bony here and it was amazing. And so over time, my workouts became more and more a time for myself. And, you know, they made me feel sort of ready for the day. And 
it was so nice to have that time to myself in the morning before work. I mean, work was very stressful, as you know, it's like training as a lawyer is a really tough experience. And the gym became a real outlet for me. Like, don't get me wrong, like outside the gym, I was still counting calories, but it was a really positive development for me in my life. And so, yeah, weight training, huge game changer. And how do you feel like looking back now, reflecting on the trajectory of your mental health from that experience at university, particularly in third year, where it all felt quite a lot to learning to go to the gym for reasons other than to see your hip bones? When you look back on your mental health now, what do you see? I think that I definitely carried the stress and anxiety that I feel about my body much better when I had a healthier relationship with exercise and certainly for me in terms of understanding that as a way of managing my mental health has been really formative I understand that if I feel strong if I feel proud of what I'm achieving in the gym then I'm able to let that pride I feel in my body's achievements chip away and reduce the dislike I have of my body in general And so it feels like it's a bit of a sort of seesaw balancing act. And when I am committed to a gym routine and enjoying it and feeling like I'm seeing results from that, then the seesaw tips a bit in the other direction. It doesn't completely eliminate the stress I feel when I think about my body in an everyday sense, but it certainly, it just makes it feel like it's a much better balance. And so it's something which I've learned, which not only brings me enjoyment, but also as, as a coping mechanism. I suppose that coping mechanism is something which I've really sort of struggled with in the last couple of years, especially. I eventually left the law firm I've been working at after five and a half years. I left about a year ago, um, sort of Christmas 2019 kind of time. And by that time, I had actually been struggling for a couple of years with a stress-induced neurological condition had almost completely taken over my life at that point. It gave me very severe pains all in my torso and eventually other symptoms which severely impacted my ability to train. So I'd get things like vertigo where I'd struggle to walk around or a numb right hand, which would make me feel really unsafe holding heavy weights in my hand and that kind of thing. And I'd also just be exhausted from being up half the night, unable to sleep through pain. And when you've hardly slept, you're not going to leap out of bed at 6.15. It really diminished my mental capacity. And suddenly I had lost my ability to work through these complex thought patterns, which you're required to do at work all the time. And I just suddenly I was just wasn't able to do my job very well. I mean, the first day I was back, I cried because I couldn't put a set of 10 documents into chronological order, which was sort of it being quite bad. And still after a few months, I'd be reading a document or a judgment or something. And I couldn't follow the logical conclusion the text was taking you to. I just I was losing it. And so the stress of trying to keep up at work and work's eventual impatience that I wasn't keeping up plus just being in pain all the time meant that mentally I just snapped. And when that happened, the first thing to go was the gym and I just couldn't go anymore. I just didn't feel mentally up to it. I didn't feel physically up to it. And so it just sort of vanished from my life. And I did eventually three or four months later crack and actually resign from my job anyway, because it just wasn't right. And resigning was just a huge gift to myself in every single possible way but it meant that I'd lost the balance I thought I'd found with my regular exercise routine. And it's something which I suppose I've been searching for for the last year to try and get it back on track. But this last year has been a bit of a gift in that way because it's meant I've had to rethink my relationship with my body and with exercise. I don't need weight training in the way that I needed it before it was such a lifeline to me when I was working in that firm then I did some home workouts and I didn't really love them I sort of did them almost as sort of going through the motions and knowing that I've been in the flat all day I need to move my body otherwise you know things will be bleak upstairs in my head and so I wasn't loving it but I just was getting on with it and I think you know lockdown has taught me that you don't just have your relationship with exercise figured out and that's that it's a constantly 
evolving, ever-changing, long-term relationship and your life, anyone's life, is going to change in large and small ways at different points over the years. And and so you need to be willing and, I suppose, build in that resilience to allow that relationship to be flexible and also to allow yourself time to work on it and try to get to a place which makes you feel happy and fulfilled and like I have come to see exercise as being a gift to yourself it's about making time for yourself and appreciating what your body can do it allows you to set goals it allows you to step away from whatever else is going on I've learned that it's it's always going to be something that I'm going to have to at least give some thought to so much admiration for the way that without having had months and months of therapy you have managed to come to this place of I guess questioning because that has been such a learning point for me and I remember the first time my therapist said to me so when was the last time you enjoyed exercise and I kind of thought she was joking of why would I enjoy exercise I do it because I have to because that is how I upkeep my entire world not falling apart. And so I have so much admiration, Cami, that you have managed to have that personal reflection and come to a place of considering that in your relationship with exercise. I mean, it hasn't come with, without a lot of deep thought over this year. And I think one of the reasons that I've been able to start thinking about and sort of unpacking all of this over the last year is is no longer being in that job, having the emotional bandwidth to think about my life. And but also I think I was at a very low ebb a year ago. And I mean, I did have therapy then. I had therapy and I didn't really talk about anything to do with my body, actually. It was more just my job and stuff going on in my family that was the focus of those sessions. But ever since those sessions, I've tried to be a bit more thoughtful about things which have very significant impact on my life and you know there's no denying that I have been struggling with my body for a really significant portion of my life and that it in terms of my emotional self it's a very significant part I mean I think it's important when you think about these things to realize that well certainly for me that it isn't all that I am but it's constant presence you know I still look back on school and uni as incredibly happy times in my life I wasn't unhappy in every sense of the word apart from maybe right at the end of third year of uni but you know I don't want it to sound like I've lived a miserable life where I've been unhappy every day in fact the opposite is true I think I've actually had a really great life and I'm very lucky in so many different ways but at the same time over the last 17 years I have been plagued by this darkness when it comes to how I perceive myself what I just couldn't see especially when I was at school at uni is that actually my happiness is normally completely unrelated to my body I mean actually my misery and frustration about my body sits alongside the rest of my life but I am capable of being happy without those body issues being fully resolved it lives as part of who I am and sometimes influences my life and decisions that I make in ways that I wish it didn't but what I'm learning more and more is that it doesn't have to be the be-all and end-all of how I feel on the daily and I do think it's it's such an important distinction to make I haven't been constantly unhappy for 17 years I have been battling this for 17 years and there have been days when I have felt utterly wretched about it and there have been times when you know, actually things have been going fairly well, but there is that hopelessness about it inside sometimes, which has had such a heavy impact. And I'm not so naive to think that it's going to go away, but what I want to be able to do is to cope with it better and to try and unpack this strange and complicated urge that I have to constantly lose weight as if it will somehow improve my life when time and time again it actually doesn't have the impact that I think and actually I need to be better at recognizing happiness in my life at recognizing that things which bring me joy and fulfillment is just so far removed from the current size of my thighs it's just it's so far removed and I just I need to stop this compulsion but it's so hard it's so hard 
And how has your experience been across the years in terms of that measuring side of things? What has been your thing? Has it been weight? Because for different people, I know it's very different things. It's the body checking and clothes sizes. For some people, it's a mixture of everything. How have you experienced that? And where do you think you are now with that checking element? I think a lot of it, the way that I sort of check in on my body is often with the clothes that are currently fitting me. And that is something which I am really trying to move away from. I have this desperate urge to fit into clothes that I wore at uni, even though, let's be blunt, some of those clothes are objectively disgusting and I'm never going to wear them out the house. So why do I care? Like, why do I care so much that I fit in these awful jeans? But it's something which I am very bad at. I'm very bad at trying on clothes and looking in the mirror and just being, oh my God, well, I used to look really good in this and now I look revolting and blah, blah, blah. Even though I don't think I've ever looked at myself in that and thought I'd look really good. And it's just, it's constantly beating myself up for how I'm appearing. And I think quite a lot of that ties into the fact that I think a lot of this weird compulsion I feel about my body is that it's so much about how others see me, about the way that I'm presented to the world. I don't so much care what my weight is, but it's how I look, how I appear. And that sort of feeling, it it completely distorts my idea of my own value and how other people see me I mean my first worry when I meet people even now is that they think my body is disgusting and that they won't want to speak to me or to be around me because like why would you be friends with someone who's just so objectively gross and it's just it's such an unhealthy thought and actually it's it's so grim when you think about it because you know there's other things which are so much more important and certainly what I look for in someone is not their body shape it's actually whether they're nice or fun or interesting or kind or intelligent and all these amazing qualities shockingly this even extends within my own career I've held back because I felt like I'm too gross to be part of this exclusive club because somehow I feel like I am less worthy you know that I'm truly judging myself not on what I have to offer to people on how they perceive my body and it's firstly it's quite an unfair expectation to to just think that other people are being so judgmental but do you know what it's also just really boring I mean when you think about our weight and bodies and the amazing bodies we have that facilitate so much how is it that in my mind I've built up the size of my body to be just so important and crucial to everything our bodies are amazing and I also you know we have the privilege of being able to move our bodies without fears about accessibility issues or anything like that and oh how is it in the face of this amazing contraption I care so much about the size of it and but when you actually unpack it it feels so boring but actually the negative thoughts they are there and they are just they're always lurking and I always worry that there's this slackness that you feel about yourself that that will jump to the fore and suddenly I will you know I'll just want to go home I won't want to be at drinks anymore because everyone thinks I'm really fat I mean there was even a time at the end of lockdown when I hadn't seen my friends in ages and I was having one of those days where I just felt like I'd put on about five stone in weight and I just felt horrible and I, I wouldn't go and see my best friends in the park that day I actually stayed home because I was worried that my closest friends would think that my body was disgusting even though like deep down I knew that they wouldn't care I just couldn't bring myself to go out and see them that day and that constant feeling of how people perceive me you really have to fight it what I found so interesting having these conversations which I have the privilege to have is that it seems such a common theme and definitely something I identify with personally. This contrast between the logical, rational, intellectual side of us, which knows our value is not determined by our body image. People are not judging our worth on how we look. And yet that does not stop us being unable to go to the park because of lockdown or not joining in and work conversations. It doesn't stop it because we can't stop the irrational side of us as much as we try. And I think that for me is what I find almost the most frustrating because I know that I know better and yet I can't win. Yeah, 
I completely agree. It's so hard to get those two sides of your mind to speak to each other. But I think also like when I feel like that, I also feel like almost ashamed that I'm having those thoughts at all. And so I'm worried that if I were to vocalise them, then people would say, you're being ridiculous. And do you know what? I kind of am being ridiculous. I get it. But at the same time, it also feels paralysing in that moment. I feel like it is sort of sitting on top, like oil and water, sort of of all the kind of enjoyment that I can have of that day. And it is just smothering me. And I can't can't get out and, and go and see my friends. And even though I know that, they aren't going to be saying, oh, Cammy, you got that over lockdown. And to be honest, like, even if they thought that in their mind, why should it actually be a problem? Like, why, why is that so important to me? Why is what people who care about me a lot, who I know that even if they thought, oh, Cammy's put on a few pounds, it's not going to bother them. It's not going to change their opinion of me. Why am I so fixated on this? Oh, it's really hard. And I think also we don't talk about it. When we first were talking about this podcast, I, I said to you that this is the most I've ever spoken to anyone about this ever in 17 years. I just I feel ridiculous talking about it sometimes because I know that a lot of it can appear incredibly irrational. But then I also know that there are so many people who feel like this. I do not by any means think of my experience as unique. It's not but it can still feel extraordinarily lonely sometimes because we don't talk about it. We don't have these conversations and we don't express the genuine pain and anguish that we feel about our bodies sometimes, even though I'm sure that if we talked about it more, actually that pain would be diminished. It it still feels taboo a bit. And I wish that it wasn't. And so great that you're doing this podcast and trying to normalize these conversations more. You're so on brand, Cammy. Well done. The other thing I know I wanted to pick your brains on was social media, because when you were really into the weightlifting stage of things, you had Cammy Lift. And I know we've talked about that a bit. And I would just love to get your thoughts on how that came about, how that evolved and your broader experience of social media. Totally. So yeah, I started a while ago now, Cammy underscore Lift on Instagram which was my fitness Instagram account and I suppose I partly did it to hold myself accountable and keep myself going but also I mean I follow a lot of fitness influencers on Instagram I love Instagram and I I I do enjoy following them but they also make me really angry and really annoyed and I find the kind of perfectly curated feeds so exhausting and damaging. I remember once there was a very famous influencer who showed a picture of her slightly leaning forward and her tiny, tiny lean stomach, her skin had gone into some rolls. And she said, see, everyone has belly rolls. Look how normal it is. And I just wanted to punch the screen of my phone because firstly, there's just, she's so lean, it's impossible. And just this idea that she's trying to come across as an every woman when her entire job is to make women want to lose weight and change their bodies and to buy her product it just made me so angry and so I wanted to have an Instagram which was a lot more honest and let's be blunt unless being an influencer is your job you go to the gym looking a bit of a fright in the morning you haven't got any makeup on obviously you're only going to wash your hair after your workout and the lighting in your underground London gym it's not going to be as beautiful as those influencers will have you believe and so I wanted to have an account which was a bit more real and like actually another thing the influencers really annoy me with is when they sort of issue a new workout every day and they're like do this workout for amazing glutes or something like that and you just go hold the phone actually what you should be saying is if you want to see like sustainable and clear results, then you need to be sticking to a well-made program and not doing a new random workout every day. And actually, I just, I think so many people look at all these influencers and go, oh, you know, if I just do this, I'll be just like them. And it's like, no, like, please, please remember that this is their job and that their job is to get engagement on their content on their page. It is not to help you get results. And let's just be a bit more honest about this. And, and so yeah, Cami Lifts was born. And I loved doing it. It was really fun, albeit 
sometimes I felt so awkward filming myself in the gym but you've just got to do these things but then with last year when everything else that went on I just I haven't gone back to it since then and I am struggling I suppose to find my place with it again there's a part of me which feels that oh maybe I don't have anything good to say anymore it's not like I have a particularly impressive gym routine at the moment I still do really enjoy a weight session and I have been doing that a bit but actually I invested in some equipment for home and I'm training more at home and I've just written myself a program for training at home which is it's not as interesting I don't feel like I have as much to show when I'm not deadlifting or squatting my body weight anymore and so I suppose my thoughts are just all over the place with Camry Lifts at the moment and I've not decided on a coherent message for it and I've also I'm really struggling with how I feel about talking openly about wanting to lose weight which I did previously on the page or doing things like transformation pictures which I'm just not sure where I sit with those ethically anymore and I mean this makes me sound like I'm some mega influencer. I mean, at its peak, I think Hammy Lifts had like 150 followers. <laughs> but, you know, I just, I don't want to be a hypocrite because I don't really believe in those things on influencers' pages, even though I'm not an influencer. And maybe I should just get over myself and mostly everyone who follows me are my friends and they don't, you know, they're a lot more understanding. But yeah, I tried to actually deactivate it a couple of months ago, but then it made me log on via a computer and I was in bed and I just couldn't be bothered. And then I just sort of never got around to it. And so... I like to think of it at the moment as sitting there, dormant, waiting for me to make my decision. Maybe I'll go back to it. I feel like I've come a long way since I last posted on that, but I don't feel like I've quite come far enough to have a fully coherent message about what I want it to be. And so we'll see where we get to with Cami Lifts, but I did really enjoy doing it. So where do you feel now? Because we've talked quite a lot about exercise, but in terms of your relationship with food? Well... For a long time, I was very unhealthy in terms of my relationship with food. And I very much, as much as I love food, I couldn't separate out that feeling of these are good foods, these are bad foods. And also the sort of horrible concept and discussion we have around food as being something we should feel guilty of, or even worse, you know, eat a donut and then burn off 300 calories in the gym. I absolutely despise those narratives. I think they are toxic. So I have been trying a lot more to think about my relationship with food, but also just to be kinder to myself about it. I mean, me and my boyfriend, we love going out for meals. Before, when I used to go out for meals a few years ago, I would think of it in terms of, well, I'm going to have to go to the gym and I'm going to have to work all this off and then I'm going to have to eat hardly anything the next day, et cetera, et cetera. And that whole view for so long took the joy out of food for me and I just I wanted that to change but actually since me and my boyfriend we've really settled down and lived together now I mean he loves food and if I ever sort of say a stupid comment about food that just doesn't fly in our household he's very practical about it and I actually think living with him has been incredibly healthy for me in terms of building a more positive relationship with food and so I try as hard as I can now to love what I eat and not to have a meal which I view as a diet meal of just sort of salad and a bit of cheese or you know just something really just that I don't want for dinner and it's just boring and so I try at every meal to eat food that I enjoy because I'm trying so hard to to love it again and to not feel guilty about it and to move away from just constantly constantly talking about good and bad foods and I'm actually also just trying to educate myself a lot more on my internalized fat phobia which I think that I have and sort of the health at any size movement and I actually found that really hard at first I found it jarring it went against everything which I have always considered to be the right answer when it comes to food but actually I'm really glad that I persevered because it is changing my thinking and I think it's also introduced me a lot more and I know that it is talked a lot more in the last couple of years sort of generally anyway about a much more holistic idea of health and that actually your thinness and the foods that you eat aren't the only indicator of your health and there's so much more to it and I am not unhealthy if I go out for a meal with my boyfriend and you know we have a bottle of wine 
I need to stop thinking of that as unhealthy just because one of the courses we had was a baked camembert. I think it's a wrong reaction to have. Actually, going out for that meal, we had a great time. We laughed. We spoke. It's so much more than just food. And I, I want to think a lot more about things which are feeding into my health and fighting, I suppose, that ever pernicious idea that my happiness is somehow related to how small my body is and therefore that must mean I'm healthy. I'm so sick of that narrative. And so as part of this, I suppose, journey that I've been on, especially in the last couple of years, I'm trying to be a lot more thoughtful about how I think about food. It's hard. I mean, there are days when I find myself sinking back into feelings of sort of associating foods with being bad or, oh, I can't eat that because, you know, I'll just immediately see it on my thighs or something like that. And it's very hard to unpick. It takes a really, really long time. And my relationship with food is a bit like my current relationship with exercise, where I'm just trying to be a lot more thoughtful about it. And if I have thoughts which associate food and exercise with my weight, then I go, hang on, why do I think this? And actually, is that rational? And just trying to catch myself in the act of, of that thinking, which is, again, it's a habit you have to learn. But I definitely feel that. I'm in such a better place with food than I have been in a really, really long time. And I think it's down to being more thoughtful. I really identify with the weight stigma and the health at every size and just what we have been told for so many years. And I have huge frustration with that. And a lot of the frustration in some ways is with myself because I really struggle to lose that stigma. It's actually been hugely eye-opening for me to realize And I'm so sad it's taking me this many years that there is a health at every size movement and we do all have internalized weight stigma. And that's where a lot of this comes from. And exactly like you were saying, the relationship with food and exercise, it's not a switch you can just turn on and off because it's so internalized. And actually, we could be doing this for a long time, but at least we have more awareness. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. I mean, For me, I've realized that actually having a relationship with food and exercise, which is more positive, has such an amazing impact on my health. And that actually doing things that you enjoy, I know it sounds so basic, but doing things that you enjoy is good for you. And actually, if I'm happy in the choices that I'm making, then I'm not as stressed. I'm not lying awake at night losing sleep. My mental health is better and my relationships are better. All of those, I think, feed into your health. And so the idea that food and exercise is so paramount to your health and that you need to do certain things, if those things make you unhappy, then I actually don't necessarily think that they're healthy. You just have to find things that you enjoy. And I think especially with exercise for me, that's something which has been so life-changing is finding something that you actually enjoy I didn't realize in my 20s that you can enjoy exercise and actually from being open to trying new things and finding out what works for me it has been so important you know I think you have to be realistic about exercise you don't enjoy every second of every workout and when you're setting yourself progressive goals especially you know to get better you're going to have to get to that gritty bit at the end where you're pushing yourself harder each time but if you look at it as a whole and find something which you enjoy at a whole even if those last few burpees or whatever weren't so fun then I just think that's so fulfilling and like having that self-confidence to put yourself out there and try things which work for you to take those risks and I think that's maybe true um, relationship with food as well as letting yourself go to try something new to see if something works for you can feel really daunting when you have such a tight relationship with your body that you feel that oh well if I don't do this super intense workout that I already know will keep me thin then you know I'm going to start putting on weight or if I start trying this new approach to eating then what if I balloon and then I'm you know I'm just going to hate myself and actually having the self-belief to go for it and try something new can really open such positive doors because I'd always felt so horribly self-conscious I hated going to gym classes and I kind of mean those classes where you go in and it's in a really brightly lit studio and everyone's in rows and there's a mirror at the front and it's just oh my god just never ever no 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 it's just the last thing I'd ever want to do but then 
actually had my first ever influencer experience with Tammy Lifts, my only influencer experience. <laughs> when this new boxing and hit gym reached out to me and said, come and we'll give you a free class. Come and try us out. And so I went and I went with my two amazing friends, Ali and Annie, who I exercise with. We do lots of gym stuff together. I went with them. I would never have had the self-confidence to go alone. I'm so weird about going to classes. And I got there and it's all really like swish equipment and a really nice setup. But actually, it was so welcoming and lovely. And the facilities are amazing. And the biggest game changer with me, it's dark. So you have your own bench, you have your own boxing bag. And it's dark. Not everyone can see you. And for the first time, I was just letting loose in a class because I didn't feel ripplingly self-conscious because no one could really see me. And then the trainers there, there's no chat of wanting to earn anything or burn off your lunch or that kind of thing. It's all about think about why you're here today or today we're going to be building resilience and all these kind of amazing things. And so those classes have nursed me through some really tough times in the last couple of years. You know, I found something which goes beyond weight training, which I never thought would be my thing. It's so great to have something which is adding to my well-being in so much more than just being because I did exercise today. I actually love doing it. I think finding what works for you is great. And I think, you know, moving your body is such a privilege. And there are some people who don't have that privilege. I try to tell myself that when I've got to the point where I really resent the idea of moving my body... I know that's when I probably have some work to do and I need to think about, well, you know, maybe I'm in a bit of a rut with exercise. Let's try something new. And again, it's about being thoughtful and trying to find a way forward with that. Cami, what a beautiful note to end on. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and for your incredibly honest and open reflections. Oh, such a privilege. Thanks, Liz. If you enjoyed this episode i would so appreciate it if you could rate review and subscribe wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts so that other people just like us can hear about the conversations we're having thank you so much for listening and thanks again to this season's sponsor perennial plants a reminder that you can view the full beautiful houseplant and plant pot range at www.perennialplants.shop and on instagram using the handle perennial plants shop